Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you as always. If you keep a track at home, you got those calculators out. Episode 80 coming at you. I'm going with Jeremy Shockey because my buddy took the obvious one. I'll take Jeremy Shockey, former Giant tight end, University of Miami. I believe he was there when Miami was just simply the best college football team maybe ever assembled. Uh, I believe they had like 30 guys off the roster drafted. So I'll take Jeremy Shockey. He missed the 2007 Super Bowl. I believe he broke his foot and was out the rest of the season. Or he broke his leg somewhere in that area. You guys know what I'm talking about. But episode 80, talking sports. What else is there better to do than have my buddy Joe Ambioka and co-host in the booth, Joel's? What's up, dude? 80's a big one because a couple weeks ago I had to call the GOAT, Jerry Rice. You know him. I know him. 20,000-plus receiving yards. 20-plus seasons. I mean, he's caught footballs from Vietnam to right after 9-11. He's the GOAT, man. It's hard to beat. 13-time Pro Bowl, 10-time first-team All-Pro. It's very, very few people in the NFL, if any, that are better than number 80, Jerry Rice. Absolutely, and there's a lot of arguments he's the greatest football player ever. Player, just from, you know, the standpoint, the longevity, how long he was able to do it at such a high level, too. Lawrence Taylor for me. In an era where, you know, it wasn't necessarily, you know, pass, 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 run, run, pass. That was kind of his philosophy. I agree with you, Joel's obviously on the Lawrence Taylor thing, but um, just from a general perspective, he is up there. He is in the conversation. uh, And, you know, again, God bless him for being able to do it for so long. I want to say people try to, like, demise his work, saying Joe Montana, Steve Young, all this BS. He made a name for himself. He made the passing game what it is, route running as crisp as it was. I mean, did it for 20-plus years. This is the pinnacle. And what bothers me, Joel, all these great wide receivers have great quarterbacks. Yeah. You have to get the football to them. The only wide receiver right now, I think, that you sit there and you go, wow, his quarterback is kind of is Justin Jefferson in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins. We know Kirk Cousins will get his numbers, you know, and obviously we can talk about the postseason success at a different time. But, you know, he's really the only one that doesn't have a really great quarterback, right? Diggs has Allen. We'll talk about that, obviously, in a little bit. Great. Um, we, you know, pump the brakes a little Chase, bit. Chase has Burrow, all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm just talking about some of the modern great receivers that we have in the league. Obviously, Randy Moss had Tom Brady, right, the year he broke the record. So, you know, it's all about pairings, Joel, and situations. And uh, you got to get matched up right. So we missed last week, obviously. Yes, I was, we did. I was sick. So I do want to go over some things that happened sure. in the wild card round, not specifically with the Giants and the Vikings and all that. Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, they get eliminated to the Dallas Cowboys in round one. Brady's first loss, I believe, to Dallas. And any Ever. point, yeah, playoffs or not playoffs, at any point in his career, are the tides turning in Tampa? Is Brady done with football? It kind of feels like it. I, I watched that game, Joel's, and that was – the worst I've ever seen Tom Brady play. The O-line play was bad. I, I watched the O-line a lot because they were getting all the smoke, and I wanted to see if it was justified, and rightfully so, they got beat every play. But that was the way. And you know what, Joel, that bothers me? It's not necessarily even that. He looks afraid of contact at this point in his career. And again, rightfully so. The guy's 45 years old. You know, he's got kids he's got to go home to. He's got a girlfriend now. You know, stuff like that. But he just looks like he just doesn't look like the Tom Brady we're used to. And again, maybe you get him a better offensive line, and maybe that all gets fixed. But it, it did not 
it did not look good against Dallas. Do you think careers always end the way they do, or is Tom Brady going to be the anomaly when he walks away, if he ever does? Like, Tom Brady, we think he's going to die out on the field. The way Brett Favre left was kind of hot and cold, similar to how his career went. The way Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay, similar to how his whole perception is. It's kind of up in the air, hot and cold. Do you think Tom Brady's career is going to end glorified sunshine with another season, or... Do you think we're going to remember his late years more than anything, kind of like a Michael Jordan? It's tough, right? Because Not like it, Michael Jordan, but no. we, we remember his Wizards years. But that's the thing, Jules, right? That's what everybody says. Well, if we take Michael Jordan's career minus the Wizard years, right? These great athletes, they just don't know when to stop. And I don't mean that necessarily negative. Like, they just... It, it's so it's so much a part of them at that point. They've, played more, they've yeah. played more football Obsessed. than they have years without it. You know? So, they, it is... It is very, very difficult. Remember, some of these, like, Tom Brady's had to play since he was in kindergarten. Guy's 45 now, dude. That's 40 years of football. That's a lot. Um, and, you know, yeah, maybe, I think maybe it's time to hang it up. But I thought after the Tampa Super Bowl, he should have called it. That's when, that's when I thought, but he thought he had more left in the tank. You see Michael Strahan go out on top, and you kind of remember him as a champion. He had the perfect window to exit. Elway did the same thing. I yep. agree. I didn't want to move on from the wild card round um, too quickly because I do want to go over a couple more things. The Ravens, they take a hard loss in the wild card round and they fire their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, because of it. Lamar Jackson sat out because what he said was a PCL. He said it was actually affecting him and was not no contract. He was not going to suit up for that game. Do you think the Ravens firing Greg Roman is the right move and do they pivot off of Lamar? So it's interesting. They're both great questions. I think we saw that Tyler Huntley is as mirror Lamar Jackson as they're going to try to fi- as they're going to find. Oh, There's as no- they're going to find. Right, I think right, they're right. going to say mirrored him no, well. No, no, like, no, no, yeah. no. There's nobody else I think they're going to find. You know, like you talk about Tyler Huntley's a great like scout guy for another team. If you're playing the Ravens, he's not exactly Lamar, but his play style is kind of the same here. Uh, Joel's, I think it was time. You know, we've seen. The biggest discussion, I think, and this should have, I could make an argument it should have happened a year earlier because you want to see Lamar. What does Lamar look like in a pro style? We don't know. Well, we do. Louisville. Louisville is pro style. Everyone forgets that. You know, won yeah. a Heisman there, won 11 games there with a team that didn't do that in whatever years, 20 years. And then, yeah, he's a statue there now. You're thrown to a lot different windows, right? A lot more open windows in college than necessarily a pros. I, that, that's a fair point. But let's see him take on that workload for an NFL season. What does that look like? And, Joel, this is – the receivers don't want to go play for Greg Roman. The best receiver Greg Roman's ever coached is probably Anquan Bolden. And that's not – Anquan Bolden's not a bad player, but he's not one of – we don't think of him as an upper echelon He's known wide for longevity receivers. and toughness Correct. more than finesse. 100%. Star wide receivers don't go to a Greg Roman offense. Now – there are stats that Greg Roman, once you leave Greg Roman, things seem to fall apart. Ask Colin Kaepernick how that went. Obviously, things got you know things got messy towards the end of his tenure. But once Greg Roman left, before the whole kneeling thing, he was not the same quarterback. And they go back and forth. Alex Smith wasn't the same quarterback uh, after Greg Roman left. So Greg Roman is is a phenomenal run game specialist and a great offensive coordinator, but. Maybe they just need to see what Lamar can do for a year. Do you think the receivers are not going to Baltimore specifically for Greg Roman, or is this a Lamar issue? Be I, honest. I, no, I think it is a Greg Roman thing. I, I think 
it's kind of like Joel's when we sit there and we go, man, a receiver really committed to Navy? How did that happen? Like, because they they run, they run throw the football three times a game, right? It kind of feels like the same thing. There's not really too many plays built open. It's kind of scheme you open, stuff like that. So I do believe wide receiver. I, Lamar is a really beloved guy around the league. Guys love him. But I just think, you know, like Marquise Brown, he, he left because he wasn't going to get anything done there. Now he's going to get nothing done in Arizona, but that's a whole different discussion. I mean, he's taller than the quarterback. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, and he plays less modern warfare. But uh, that's a different discussion. But, no, I think it is Greg Roman-based. And we'll see with Lamar. This is a very tricky cap situation, Joel. Because if you look at his argument, he wants the Deshaun Watson. Hold on. Time out. Let's back up the truck. The root of all evils in the NFL stem with the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns screwed the quarterback market because they gave Watson $230 million. If I'm Lamar, I'm looking at it and I go, my track record's been better the last few years than him. So why can't I have that money? Now, if you're the Ravens, well, he's been hurt the last couple of years. He's missing games. This year, he missed the most important stretch of the season, including the final game in the postseason. Well, I believe is intentionally. So, so it, we'll see, Jules. And then you can always use a franchise tag. And we've talked about this. The last one to really sit out an entire year was Le'Veon Bell. He got a decent contract when he came back, but he was never the same player he stopped training. when he returned. So... I, that, th- you know, you could sit here and tell me Lamar's going to sit out all of next year, and I don't really buy it. So, if they have to use the franchise, they might as well. So, from the East Coast, let's go up north. Sure. Minneapolis, they won 11, in, they went 11-0 and during the regular season in one possession games. Their first um, playoff game, they go 0-1 in that sort of style. So, what do we think about this? Is Kirk Cousins the guy? Obviously, you have to build off Justin Jefferson. But what does that mean? Are the Minnesota Vikings now in a rebuild? Yeah, I know normally people think of like the Jets as being like quarterback hell. Like having a guy that's just not good enough and, and busting on a pick. No, no. It's actually what Minnesota has because they have a quarterback that's good enough to get them to the playoffs, but not one that's good enough to win them a Super Bowl. So you're kind of, you're literally mediocre. And you can't sit in that mediocrity. That You're literally in hell at that point. So I don't see Kirk Cousins being able to get over the hump. I mean, Joel, how many how many more weapons could he ask for? Look at the emergence of KJ Osborne this year. TJ Hawkinson got traded for. Dalvin Cook actually stayed healthy for the year. I mean, like, and obviously Thielen and Jefferson obviously is the two out wide. They, this is a good football team. Like, this is at least a great offense. They should be able to outscore people, and oftentimes they can't, and they're allergic to winning big. They can't win big. You, you at, yeah, at some point, even the Giants like blew out the Texans earlier the Colts, this year. Yeah, they later blew on. out the Colts. I mean, they were down 33 nothing to the Colts. So, uh, obviously, they're making changes on the defensive side of the ball, which was atrocious, by the way. Uh, Donatello, I call him Donatello, like the Ninja Turtle. Uh, he's fired after one year as their D.C., uh, and they'll be moving on. But, Joel's, I think at some point they have to be very realistic that they will not win a title with Kirk Cousins. But what do you do? Because you're not going to be drafting high enough to get a top quarterback. That was going to be my next question to you. Kwesi, he's a guy that got hired last year, right. big analytics guy. He's the GM. Yep. Now what's he do? Because he obviously says sees everything you're saying right now. Yeah. And he obviously knows they're not in a high enough spot to get a quarterback. And the quarterback's market is looking pretty sizable. The pool's looking – it's just, yeah. it's definitely extending. So Jimmy G, Derek Carr, 
It's Tom Brady on your market. What do you do if you're the Vikings? I don't know. I and and I think maybe they could look middle rounds uh, for for a quarterback and, and maybe try to develop him Hendon behind Hooker. Kirk. Uh, maybe a guy like Hendon Hooker or Max Dugan, Duggan, however you pronounce his name. Uh, I I just think that they're in a very very difficult spot. Maybe it, it, depending on what the Niners want to do with him. You know, I'm not 100. He's still on a rookie contract, so he's still cheap. You know, so it's very, it's up in the air, Joel. I, mean, I don't know if there's an exact answer right now to what Minnesota needs to do, but all I need, but all I do know is that they have to, at some point, right, when you have a problem, step number one is admitting you have a problem. They have to admit that Kirk Cousins is not going to win them a Super Bowl. When they do that, they can then start the process to finding a new quarterback and getting their uh, organization on track. So let's move off the wild card round and get into sure. the divisional round. New York Giants, let's start right there because obviously it was ugly. Uh, resting our players week 18 was uh, gilded with gold, a big facade. The Eagles obviously didn't unleash anything with Jalen Hurts. And we get smoked right out of the water. Is the Giants season a success based on how we ended it? And what are your takeaways from the year? So I think two things can be true. I think you can absolutely blast this team for how unprepared, outcoached, and just outmuscled they were in that game. I it was by the way, it's the first game they've been outcoached in at least a month and a half. Eleven it, weeks, yeah. It's been a long time since they've been outcoached like that. They looked underprepared. I was listening to WFAN and, and Tiki Barber brought up a good point. While there wasn't much Tiki. to to win in week eighteen, and he gets the whole like resting the starters and everything so nobody gets hurt. It is an experience to play in Philadelphia. It is not like going to Minnesota where while it's loud, the people are nice and will help you up if you run into them. In Philly, you're going to get spit on, a beer thrown at your head, and the popcorn at your feet to, to close it and out. This is not an insult. They'll admit no, it. No, they'll all admit it. Listen, I always say I home field advantage is what you're supposed to create. They create it. Do I think they walk way past the line sometimes? Especially for 100%. an area with kids and stuff? 100%. Correct. 100%. I wouldn't bring my kids to a playoff game down there. I'm just putting that out there If right I was now. from Philly, I wouldn't bring my kids to a Philly game. 100%. So, but Joel, that's an atmosphere you got to learn to play in. Like, the, you know, you heard Strahan talk about it. You heard Carl Banks. You heard Tiki talk about it. The games in Philly are just different. It's a different vibe down there. It's a different scene. It's a jungle. It's a zoo. Whatever the hell you want to call it, it's just different. And the Giants, Tiki was saying, did not take advantage of getting guys reps in that environment in Week 18. And they came out, Joel's, and they just looked lost. And they got they got mollywopped up and down the field. Uh, the Eagles looked really, really good. They looked like they benefited, obviously, from the bye um, and Jalen Hurts looks 100% healthy. And we'll get into the Eagles with obviously uh, yep. previewing the next round's matchups. Let's stay on the Giants for a little bit right here. The Giants just had their um, end-of-the-season press conference. Um, Joe Shane committed to Daniel Jones, saying they want to build around him, all this and that. They committed to Dexter Lawrence, saying he deserved money. They didn't commit to Saquon. They called him a good player, which stands out because they called a couple other guys great, great locker room guy and Shep, this, that, and the third. What do you think's going on here with the Saquon situation? Is he coming back to New York? Well, Joe Shane must listen to the Airedale podcast because he understands that you cannot overpay at the running back position. You and I have said it since we started this podcast. You cannot pay big money to running backs without signing a waiver that says at the top of the paper, 
I give up my right to win a Super Bowl. And you know what? It's it's the reports are coming out that Saquon turned down a twelve million dollar deal. Joel's I've said it to you, and I've said it in a number of friends and chats and talks. That's as high as I'm willing to go. And you know what? I'm actually willing to go to the point where if he took a twelve year forty eight million dollar deal, I would fully guarantee it. The team won't. The team won't do I if he took that discount, I would fully guarantee his contract. And you know what? That's the that's the give and take that I would go with him. Joel's the Giants have a lot of decisions to make. I mean, you're talking about guys like Julian Love, who I would let go. Leonard, I think Leonard Williams has to go. Did you see Shane thank the reporters for getting Williams to admit that he would take a pay cut? Because the day before, they were talking to Leonard Williams, and Leonard Williams admitted that I understand that if I'm going to stay, I need to take a pay cut, and I'm willing to. The next day at the Shane uh, press conference, he thanks the media members for getting him to say that out loud. That was a pretty good point, but I think he's got to go. His cap hits $32 million for Leonard Williams next year. That money's got to go to Dexter Lawrence. And, you know, him, Julian Love, you talk about Gates, Feliciano, those are big, obviously, offensive line question marks. What do you do there? The linebacker position is a wonder. Jalen Smith is a free agent. I know Damian Beavers, who we all forgot about, was a rookie from Cincinnati, was supposed to be the middle linebacker this year. He got hurt. So Jalen Smith filled in for him, filled in well. I thought he played well all year. Jalen Smith was a great addition for Except us. Except for the Philly game, of course. But I don't think anybody really played well in that game. They also committed to McKinney. They said his injury, They were most importantly, they were going to support him through this. Don't get me started. I'm, I'm, so I was going to ask you. That's a sore subject. For is me. he still a building block in your eyes? In my eyes, no, because I'm not that big of a fan of safeties really being building blocks. Um he still can't cover a tight end, so that's a problem. Uh, Hawkinson went 10 for 129, and Goddard you know, made him look like a four-year-old kid on the first drive of the game. It, I, But they, they'll keep him around. They'll pay him. Um, they'll keep him. I don't Like I said, I don't necessarily agree with it, but they will. It's fine, and I'm not willing to cry over it. Um, but this team's got a lot of question marks. You know what, Joel's? I was thinking about this today, and... What were you thinking they, about? They remind me a lot of a lot of the Mets from this year. Well, let me explain. Here we go. It was it was a team that I think all year kind of listen, I think we thought the Mets would be good. I think they overachieved to 101 wins. Mets were top five in World Series betting before the year. Giants were a four win team. That's fine. Seven the, win actually. The Giants, the Giants o- were seven the win. The Giants they overachieved. We saw new coaching staffs take over each team. We saw embarrassing finishes to the season, and both are getting brand new looks in 2023. Both are third place teams right now going into next year. The Mets, the right, <laughs> the Mets the are obviously very different in their pitching staff, and they've got a couple new bats coming in. And you've got the Giants. Half this roster is a free agent. They're gonna look different. It's gonna be more talented. We just don't know where and how yet. So that's where I kind of can see it, Joel's. And then the expectations are to continue. You know what? I hear about both teams. The future is bright. That's what I hear. So that's where it kind of that's where the little comparison kind of comes in, and that's where I kind of get a vibe of, you know, we're never going to see this iteration of the Giants team again because the roster is going to turn over so much, you know. But it was a fun ride. And listen, like I said, two things can be true. They got absolutely smoked. They got embarrassed. But I thought it was a great year. We had them winning four games max. 
And uh, they squeezed every ounce of talent and effort out of, I think, the 53-man roster that they had that was given to them, thanks to Dave Gettleman. Andrew Thomas, by the way, huge, huge, huge stepping stone year for him. Uh, they I basically said he was the third best tackle in football, so uh, that's that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, you get your core pieces, you get a, a fresh new draft, Joe Shane and the ball with a full off season, a lot of money in their pocket. Yep. It's going to be interesting, definitely. But we have to keep going. So the Cowboys and 49ers faced off. 49ers beat them, but I believe 19 to 12 yep. in a seven point game where Dak threw two interceptions, had a QBR of under 70. What do you take away from just the Cowboys? Because obviously we'll go over the Niners and the Eagles. What do you take? What's your takeaway for the Cowboys' year? Was this another season where? It was smoke and mirrors, or did you believe this team was a little bit different? It felt like they were different. Like, you know, I again, I I always love listening to, like, Stephen A. Clown Cowboy fans. It's one of the best things going on television. He is a Cowboys fan. Right. It, 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 is, it is hilarious to watch him clown it and put on the Cowboy hat and smoke the cigar when they lose. Um, but Joel's this defense, it's a championship defense. Like that is they they played exceptionally well against the Niners. How good was Dexter Lawrence? And we know um, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, hundred percent. Micah Parsons, who should be in a Giants uniform, that's a different discussion. Um, he looked really good. They fly around the field. I thought they played exceptionally well, Joel's, and Dak just let them down. Those picks were not good interceptions. I know people are saying, "Well, Michael Gallup ran a bad route." Then why are you throwing him the football? You don't have to throw the ball there if the guy runs a bad route. And the second one, Jimmy Ward baited Dak into that throw. And you can't turn the football over in the red zone, especially right, Joel? So two picks gave the Niners field goals. That's six points. And the one was in the red zone, took away three points, at least three points from Dallas. And you missed an extra point. That's a nine-point swing in a seven-point game. That th- These are the little things. And then the clock management at the end was atrocious. Dalton Schultz had the worst two-minute drive play? ever. That final play, I've never seen that before. And you know what I also haven't seen before, Joel's The official team Twitter account. Did you see this? So, I, I mean... On radio this morning, you and Zach were talking about this. Yeah. You guys said that you've never seen a team tweet out intentionally, like, the, my, our quarterback sucked, and if he didn't suck, we'd win the football game. Yeah. I want to defend the Cowboys' Twitter here. Their Twitter is a end-all, be-all to their website. And it basically tweets out every article the Cowboys website writes. So that tweet is the paraphrased section of the article written about Dak's performance. It just so happens that it's enough letters to make it look like all the blame's on Dak. Right, but you don't have to pick that paraphrase out of the article. I agree. I agree. You could have said the quarterback. You didn't have to name Dak by name. I, I just haven't seen it. Uh, and I, Joel's, I was, you know, with a lot of media members. I thought they were hacked at the beginning. I was like, wow, somebody hacked in and they, they really did this. Dallas beat writers, man. And now it's beat writers. But you know what, Joel's, I kind of think Jerry's okay with it. I mean. I, if Jerry wasn't okay, it would come down. It would come to, I agree, 100%. 100%. This is more intentional than not, but. This it's, is it's Jerry's the, sour grapes right now. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's him letting off things, telling his writers to write things and giving the okay. So there is substance to it. I just. I don't know what to think of it because it is, a, out of journalistic integrity, that's what their main point is right. to drive the views and all that stuff. No, 100%. And, Joel's, you can't tell me Dak doesn't have enough help. I, I hate this narrative that I've heard a little bit. He's got enough help. He's T.Y. Got Hilton Lamb, will be the number one of the Giants. T.Y. Hilton, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz. 
I know Pollard got hurt in this game, but you could squeeze whatever you can out of Zeke, for God's sake. Interesting situation with Pollard, too. Yeah, Zeke's going to get Zeke gone. They're going to get his contract off the books. And, yeah, Pollard's a free agent, so what do you do with him coming off a broken fibia? What do you do with Dak? Are you in another rebuild? They... I don't think they can get rid of him, Joel's. They own, I think they own forty nine million dollars next year. Is what Zach told me. Oof, that's a lot of money. You yeah. know, nobody's going to eat that money. So what are you going to do? And you're not going to dead cap forty nine million dollars. It's going to be like thirty five, but yeah, it's, it's going to be so, ridiculous. Yeah, like he, he's coming back next year to play for this team, and so is Mike McCarthy to coach this team. Yeah, the money they would eat there is you could get the best non quarterback player in the NFL for. So, so you you wonder where is this team going to get better? How are they going to get better? And wh- you know what is it going to take? Right, it's been twenty seven years since they reached a conference championship. Joel, you and I weren't alive. We weren't even born the last time the Cowboys went to a championship up, game. Learned football. Break Watch it down. Two Super Bowls. Yeah, break it down weekly. Now all have a this, podcast. Yeah, and and they still haven't won a uh, NFC Championship. And Dak's zero and three in the divisional round. That's not that's not good. People make fun of Sanchez, bro, but people would die for a quarterback to win the two title games like that. So. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if they'd die to be remembered like Sanchez, but that's that's a different point for a different. Sanchez story. now is going to be remembered as great sports commentator. I will he put is, my money he, on that. He's, he's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. And he's great you for know, college football, especially. Olsen's been very good. I, a lot of people like Jersey him. Boys. Kevin Burkhardt, yep. Greg Olson. I got a picture with Greg at his football camp when I was a little pee wee kid. He signed it for me too. I, I always keep that thing. I sent you and Zach the picture of uh, Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt in yes. high school. Greg Olson looks 35 in that picture. Yes, he does. It's insane how much of a man he was at like 17 years old. His high school career was unbelievable. It yeah. was one of the best in the state of New Jersey Dude, he, ever. He legitimately looks 28 in his yeah. high school photo at 17. 100%. But besides the man. point, we got plenty of football still go yeah. over. Let's head into the AFC. Sure. Chiefs, Jaguars, Prince versus King of the NFL, Lawrence versus Mahomes. Mahomes gets hurt. Chiefs still win 27 20. Is this a testament against the Jaguars? Are they just not as good as the Chiefs? What's your takeaway from their season? I mean, Joel, I'm screaming at the television. The minute Chad Hetty comes into the game, you have to sell out to stop the run. For God's sake, can you stop the run? My Michigan Chad Henny jersey has been good for 15 <laughs> years now, baby. Bought it my size now. I'm like, dude, could you please stop the run? It's the only thing they can. If Chad Henny beats you with 45-yard bombs down the field, you can live with it. You can't live with Isaiah Pacheco, a, a Rutgers shout-out, by the way, you can't live with him beating you. I can't do that. Sorry. So the Jags, I know my cousin's a huge Jags fan, but Trevor Lawrence again just wasn't great. You know, I don't he wasn't as bad as the five four interception first half that he had against the Chargers, but I don't know. He's not showing up really in these moments. They, uh Agnew has the big fumble at the goal line as they're about to make it a three point game. And uh Mahomes came back in the second half on one leg. And uh, lo- looked really good. We'll definitely get into the Chiefs and all, all yeah. what they're getting into in the next matchup. The but final... the Jags have a before you move on. The Jags have a lot to look forward to. Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, that marriage is very, very good. That's a great nucleus for them. Let's talk about the most. I want to say reckless game of the weekend <laughs> in the Bengals Bills, but the whole aftermath that happened with it is a whole nother reckless aftermath. Oh, so. A lot to unpack here in the Bengals-Bills game. Bengals win soundly 27-10. Bills look atrocious. Josh Allen looked pitiful. What's your takeaway? Stephon Diggs doesn't even show up to the locker room after the loss. Yeah, my big, one, my first big takeaway is, boy, did they miss Von Miller. Boy, I mean, they signed Von Miller to be a difference maker, and then 
you know, he goes down with a seasoning and ending injury almost halfway through the year. Uh, so they, boy, did they miss him. But Joel's, they, they're another team. They just got, they just got pummeled up and down the field from jump the first drive at home. At home in, snow. in the snow, you would think it would favor the home team. No, of course not. And uh, you know, again, as much as you want to blame this defense, and sure, you want to blame them for giving up 27 points in the snow. Be my guest, Josh Allen. You didn't score 10 points, and they had like three third and five or less plays that he just absolutely went 45 yards downfield. Why? Like, what are we doing here? They had one run that resulted in a first down all game. No identity. That's ridiculous. They That can't happen. And I know everybody loves Sean McDermott. He's a great dude. I'm sure he's awesome in the community. Results got to come. They've been going backwards, Joel's. Three years ago, they went to the AFC, or two years ago, they went to the AFC title game. Last year, they went. They lost in the divisional round. This year, they lose in the divisional they round. They smoked home. in the divisional round. Right, they get smoked. So what? Next year, should I put $150 on them to lose in the wild card round? It sounds likely. I mean, they're going to win the division. We know that. They'll have a home playoff game again. But obviously, that doesn't seem to really matter. But uh, Josh Allen's got to... Joel's, I don't know what he's got to do. He, But he's got... In terms of, like, specific coaches and stuff, he's got to take care of the football. Brian Dable. You, you mentioned reckless. He's way too reckless with the football. It was a sloppy game. It really was. It was. Uh, except for, you know, the Bengals look sharp. But we'll, we'll talk about them. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Stephon Diggs. He was yelling at Josh. First of all, credit to Josh Allen for not yelling back because there's nothing in that situation that Josh Allen could have said that would have made that situation a good one in the end. It You know, when guys get hot like that, you kind of got to let them go. And then you mentioned it, Joel. He beat the media to the locker room, and he was gone already. Then he tweets out, "You want, you know, he tweeted out what you want me to be, you want me to be cool when we're losing, nah." And he said something else. Eli too. Apple was getting him too. Yeah. So you know, listen, man, it's frustrating time. I I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, you know what, the Bills should just trade Stephon Diggs. I mean, listen, if he wants to come to New York, that's okay. We need a number one wide receiver, nonetheless. I, I'm not going to overreact to that. I, I still think, you know, Stefan Diggs is their number one target. He's going to be their number one target. They pay him to be the number one target. So he'll be fine. But Josh Allen's got to take care of the football, man. He's got to take care of the football. And they have to play better situational football. They don't. And and against Miami, they got very lucky, I think, with a, third, with a third-string quarterback. And then you had the whole fourth-and-one controversy and then becomes fourth-and-six. And the writing was on the wall. In that Miami yeah. game, we kind of saw them stumble. We should have expected yeah. the Bengals to win. You know, and sometimes, sometimes though, Joel, that, that is like a classic play down to your opponent. You're looking ahead to next week because you know it's a bigger game. But clearly in this instance, it wasn't. And uh, the Bills, they got to find an identity, and they better find it quick because the team isn't getting cheaper. It's getting more expensive by the year. Their cap hits next year, they got five guys jumping at least $8 million in cap hit. That's big time. So Big, big time. A lot, of, a lot of checks to write. So let's move forward to the NFC and AFC championships games. Let's stay in the AFC because we're going over the Bills and Bengals right now. Yep. We have Patrick Mahomes on one leg against Joe Burrow, who might be number one and two in the league, everyone's saying. So what's your take for this game? Who's going to be the winner? Who are the X Factors? Well, what is it? Tony Romo said he doesn't actually believe that Mahomes will play. He thinks, you know, he could have played that day based on adrenaline and the tort all, but... 
Uh, it'll be worse. We'll see. Mahomes, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt. There's, there's no doubt total in my mind. in the world to get Mahomes on the field. Yeah, and they'll just, again, if he feels his foot, they're just going to tie it tighter. Like, it's you know, it's just the way it is. He, he'll he barely be able to feel that foot, uh, if at all. So, listen, he'll play. This is a tough matchup because Cincinnati has just given a middle finger to the NFL because that Buffalo game, again, even though Cincinnati came out, played well, won the game, blew them out. Send those refunds. Should have been at a neutral site if we're going based off what the NFL did for the AFC Championship game. And you're right, get the refunds back. And uh, listen, they went into Arrowhead and they won last year. They, they went to the Super Bowl after beating Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. That was with Tyreek Hill. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll, uh, this is... It's a tough pick, tough game to pick, Jules. It, it, Burrow is so he's so calm. I guess the soccer phrase would be he's so tactical. He's so methodical. He's so like he just knows where the ball's got to go. Credit to their offensive line, by the way. I do want to give them a shout out. Three guys stepping in for three starters. That's three backups playing in the divisional round of the playoffs. I believe they let up like one or two pressures the entire game, or Who one or two no seconds. Line. That's ridiculous, dude. That's awesome. Credit to Cincinnati, their offensive line. I like Cincinnati in this game. I Burrow has he's three and zero against Mahomes in his career, and boy, he could add to the legend if he wins another one here. They're rolling, man. They're pl- I think they're playing the best football in the AFC. They may be playing the best football in the league right now. Um, they just they look good. They're rolling, and I'll take Cincinnati in this one. Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts. This is, I believe, Jalen Hurts' second time in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, first time to the NFC Championship game. And I believe this is Brock Purdy's ninth game out of eight wins. This is a lot laying down in the season. 49ers with the rookie. Eagles with the whole loaded roster. Who do you got? Listen, if the 49ers play any bit like they did last week, they're going to get blown out by 40 in this game. They have to play much better. Um, and it starts with Christian McCaffrey. You know he went out with a, a little bit of a calf injury. We'll see if that... A McCaff injury. There you go. Thanks for the dad joke. Uh, we'll see how much that affects him in this game. But, Joel's this is an environment that these guys have never seen. Trent Williams has because he played in Washington for all those years. These guys don't know really what they're walking into. It's going to be a zoo. It's going to be a jungle. The, the, the standing room tickets right now are $840. A piece that's the lowest ticket you could get into the stadium with. My lord, that's absurd. So it's going to be a fun one. Purdy has been unbelievable, by the way. He's just, you know what? He hasn't made the mistake. And I was going to say he is an awesome game manager. Yeah, but he, he is no better than Baker Mayfield was his rookie year. So pump the brakes on him. He's not going to drop four hundred twenty yards and four touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. This is the third quarterback to do well in that system. But he's also year. not going to throw you out of the game. You know, and I think that's that's what Kyle Shanahan's looking for. Keep us in the game, and the running game will come through. Tom Brady did that his first five years. Yeah, man. Like, that's, it's One schematic. Chips. We were talking about this. I said that, I think I texted you this question. How good of a quarterback are you if you're schemed, if everything's schemed for you? Well, this is. Which is a tough question. You're still a decent quarterback if you can pull it off. Some guys, Zach Wilson, right. can't even run their own offense. So that's one thing. Another thing is. This adds a lot of value to guys starting four years at a, a smaller school. I believe he was at Iowa State. Iowa State, yeah. B- big program, obviously, but still a smaller school compared to yeah. the SEC and all that. This is a testament to guys who have a lot of snaps under their belt. They're ready to play when they're called upon because they've seen so much football. So a guy like Stetson Bennett can benefit off a, a guy like Rock Purdy doing well. Right. And I mean, it, 
granted, Seth's event is three years older than him, but... I, yeah. think, I think a lot of us get spoiled, too, Joel. We grew up in an era with Peyton Manning, who would do everything. Peyton, remember the whole thing the was... Remember the whole thing was Peyton Manning didn't need an offensive coordinator he because was. he was the offensive coordinator. But now you have these guys that are just doing what's schemed for them. They're doing what the coaches do, which is the coach's job, which is to create plays that will get people open. Uh, George Kittle's ridiculous. That catch was unbelievable. I mean, he, he tipped it three or four times. Dude, I thought Diggs was going to take his head off. I, I, I legitimately don't know how he avoided that hit. Uh, but he did, and, and Kittle's been massive for them. He's going to need to be Brock Purdy's safety blanket, I think, a lot in this game. So That's we'll see. The Super Bowl is going to have to be a lot. Yeah, and you know what, Joel's as much as I, you know, the Eagles are a really good team, and the chances that both road teams win is probably slim. I got to take the Niners in this one. I'm a Giant fan. I'm not taking the Eagles, bro. It's not happening. Jalen Hurts got called Michael Jordan by his coach last week. This this. Guy Sirianni, I can't, I want, he's, you know what, Joel, he's very. <laughs> no words for it. I'm trying, trying to be nice. Here's what I found. It's like a New Year's resolution. Yeah, hopefully Siri found some words for me. Um, But I just, he's gone too far. And now Sirianni's sitting back and he's, oh, I'm having the stuff crust and Pizza Hut. And then the next week he's having a little Caesars. Dude, you live in the Northeast. Get a good slice of pizza or go get a cheesesteak. For God's sake, stop eating Little Caesars pizza. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. I mean, that's the Matthew Stafford. Let Matthew Stafford eat Little Caesars. Sponsored, baby. Unbelievable. NFL so, sponsor's going to get their word. But I can't I can't ever root for the Eagles, so give me the Niners in this game. But, Joel, this is, this is a tough environment. This is going to be a lot of fun, though. Watching whoever lines up on Trent Williams. So. Do you believe the four best teams in the NFL made it to the Final Four? I do. I yeah. First time in a while, I, do. I feel like. I do. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think the I, I think the Bengals had been playing better ball than the Bills for the last you know at least half the season. So yeah, hundred percent. I think we got the four best teams, and it should be a good. It should be a great championship weekend. I'm excited. I mean, that basically wraps up the NFL and the NFL season right now until the Super Bowl. So, what else we got? Yeah, so we'll see. That would make it Bengals and Niners in the Super Bowl. Remember, uh, we're back to there's two weeks in between the Super Bowl. So, they, they'll have the week off next week and then return February 12th uh, will be the Super Bowl. It should start at 629 precisely. And, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll preview the Super Bowl when it gets here uh, and be all up to date. But, uh, yeah, Joel, as you're looking around the other sports, baseball is pretty quiet. They've got, I believe it's three weeks from today. For pitchers and catchers. For pitchers and catchers, which obviously, you know, although Met fans shouldn't be too excited because all their players are going to play in the World Baseball Classic. There's going to be nobody at spring training. It's going to be you, me, and Crucky are going to get the call to go down there and play as, like, celebrities. I'll throw a little arm. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, But, no, really not much going on in baseball. It's been pretty quiet. We've had a couple trades. Big of note, though, the Los Angeles Angels were going to be out for bid. Uh, the organization was going to sell. Art Marino decided he's not going to sell. I don't know exactly what that's going to mean for the future of Shohei Otani. But again, I remind people, he signed a one-year contract going into this season. That If, if he's only committing to them for one year, they're going to look to trade him and uh, let's see what they can recoup. So keep an eye out for that. Mets, I think, Joel, I think since the last time we were here, they signed Tommy Pham, 
who famously uh, slapped Jock Peterson over a fo- fantasy football incident. Yock. Um, yeah, Yock. Same thing. Uh, so it's uh, so we'll see. Tommy Pham should be our fourth outfielder. Uh, should provide some good depth for us. And then obviously we'll see where it goes from there. Joel's the NBA. There's not much going on, man. It's it's been a really quiet year, and you hear a lot of people start talking about not. You know, it, it's it's hard to watch. You know, we, we were circling a uh, video in our group chat of these little third graders, you know, taunting and doing all this crazy stuff. Like, and Austin Rivers, actually, he went on his podcast, Joel's, right? Oh, yeah. So, Austin Rivers, we recently went over this video, or he recently went over this video. It's a bunch of third graders, or they came out simultaneously, actually. It wasn't even Austin Rivers talking about this video. It was just kind of coincidental. It was coincidental. So, yeah, these third graders are on a highlight tape, basically, tapping their head, looking for the camera, Screaming out stuff like doing the too small it, it, sign. Yeah, when they're all like four foot eight, but they're intentionally acting for the camera. And Austin Rivers brought it up that back in the day to have cameras on you and to have a hoop mixtape or uh, be on Slam Online, you had to be the guy. And nowadays, everyone's paying for it. This, that, and the third, and it's made basketball as a whole really unwatchable because you don't get the uh, nonchalant acts of good basketball. You know, the weave cutting here so a guy can make a pass here. None of that is being broadcasted, so people aren't playing the game the right way. And it's affected now the NBA level because you see a team like the Houston Rockets who grew up like that now. Yeah. So. And, and you've got, Joel, and these teams don't even have plays, dude. It's not, there's it's, no it's identity. All, it's all one-on-one basketball. And Joel's, there, I, I saw a stat a couple weeks ago. It was like three teams are allowing under 109 points a game. That's so That's bad. That's sickening, dude. Yeah, it was like 88-80 games. I remember when there used to be four teams averaging over 100. Now there's three teams. Uh, it's, it, it's like an all-star game almost every it's, night. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's really bad. Another thing like that's making basketball as a whole have real no identity is the Nike deal to change a bunch of jerseys. And this has bothered me for quite some time now because... The Warriors had nice jerseys in their run for the uh, championship. Yeah. They had, like, these nice black yep. jerseys. You can't buy those anymore. They're gone. So now teams have no identity. Fans have no identity to look to. And everyone's changing jerseys. Everyone's changing logos. You need three alternates, three aways, three homes. It's gotten too much to follow. And the average fan's hurting because of it. Yeah, I was talking to a group of friends, and, and we really said there should be four jerseys. You should have your basic home and away. You should have an alternate, which you can choose. Right, it could be a throwback. It could be something creative, and then you have your city connect. I'm cool with that. Just keep those four and rotate them. Like, just get go an identity. From there. Yeah, you're right. And you know, again, like there's, there's not much to watch right now, Joel's Like, I mean, we've got, we've got bronze going for the all-time scorers lead. Think about this. Mm-hmm. 2003 Lakers yeah. Nets. You yeah. know all the jerseys on each of those teams. Oh, yeah. Lakers with the gold, baby. Can you tell me what the city jersey was last year for the Celtics? For the Celtics? No. Exactly. I, I don't even know if I saw it. Can you think about the Celtics jerseys from the 80s? Yeah. It's imprinted in your yeah, mind. Yeah, the white. There's yeah, identity, baby. bro. I'm telling you. It's a big thing you know what I'm talking about. Joanne, I think sometimes simplicity is the best. Like I, I think we overthink things. Uh, but like I said, in terms of the NBA, really the only thing you're looking at is when Braun's going to break Kareem's record, uh, that should be coming up here within a month, I'm sure. Uh, he's scoring at a 37-point game. Which is uh, crazy, uh, 37 bro. points per game clip. Did you see Shannon Sharp get into it in the, uh, the Memphis game the other night uh, at the Staples Center? Hell yeah. Um, Uncle Sha- uh, yeah. Uncle uh, 
What are they calling him? Uh, um, oh, Uncle Shannon. But they're calling Uncle him something. Sh- yeah, um, Unk. It um, was Unk. Yeah, yeah Unk yeah. energy. That's what they're saying. Well, the crazy part is, is like you listen to the show and you're like, oh, this is just another guy that loves LeBron. He actually has a legit relationship with the guy. Like they're like they actually know each other. Like we'll, you know, like. You know, like Nick Wright is another guy on Fox who loves LeBron, but LeBron wouldn't acknowledge Nick Wright in a basketball game. But Shannon Sharp, that's his boy. You know, he always says that's his nephew. You know, I always, you know, but I thought Shannon issued a, a really good apology. He's right. He he made the moment about himself um, and took it away from the players on the floor and the fans. Obviously, they are spectators. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, Joel's it's really it. The Warriors have kind of been quiet this year. They're really bad on the road. Really good, at really home. good at home. You don't know what you're doing. Your Celtics, how they best, doing? Best team in the NBA. There you go. Best team in the league. And it's still unwatchable. Think of that, bro. Yeah. Think of that. It's kind of crazy. Kevin Durant's still out, although it looks like he may be coming back soon. Anthony Davis is returning to play soon for the Lord only knows how long he'll be healthy. Um, so, yeah, there's not a ton. Even college basketball, Joel, I used to watch college basketball religiously. And I think now, especially in college, Everybody's in a different spot. You can't even follow a player. You can't follow a player anymore. He's yeah. playing for four different schools in six years. He'll play three games at Duke and be in the NBA. Yeah. You know, like how that happened. And these coaches are flying around too. It's hard to keep track of. And like you know, again, there we go. Simplicity breeds, you know, I think audience appreciation. So, guys aren't staying four years like the UNC Hansborough days. We yeah. all remember those. Oh, like yeah, yeah there was yeah. some good teams growing up that just Basketball's lacking major identity. Now those guys get taken like late second round, they're like shamed, like into a corner. Like, how dare you stay four years? I mean, crazy. Those guys back in the day were like, all right, you got enough basketball experience yeah. to start. You had a degree, you're ready to go. Nowadays, you're right. It, will, it will be interesting because, I, you know, we'll see what NIL does. NIL in football has kept kids longer. I know they have to be there three years anyway, so it, we're not making, you know, a huge commitment to stay an extra year. But there's more kids now than ever staying that extra year in football. I don't think we'll see it in basketball because basketball is so much more of you're a prospect, you know, or you're raw, but you can still move on to the NBA and you can still physically play at that level. So uh, we'll see how NIL continues to affect everything. But outside of that, Jules, I mean, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, obviously, sports kind of winding down here a little bit. Um, hockey's decent in the area. The Islanders, not so much. But the Rangers and Devils playing well. Bruins are still ridiculously good. And uh, all I guess that means the world's still spinning on its axis. So, Jules, um, I think that's going to wrap it up for episode 80. Again, I went with Jeremy Shockey. You went with Jerry Rice. Uh, it, we're into the 80s now. Good numbers. Uh, we should have good, good numbers basically the rest of the way. I'm taking a Monty Toomer for 81. So, uh, how's that doing? i got to figure it out. Yeah. Toronto's probably something. Yeah, absolutely. We'll figure it out. We always do. And uh, again, we you know whenever we're back on, we'll have some fun, and that's what we do. We try to have as much fun as we can. Joel's, if the people want to reach me, at Goose on the Mic, Instagram, Twitter, same same handle. You can find you can actually find. I have the Spotify link and the Apple link to the podcast in my bios for both. Uh, so you could definitely just click on that, and it'll take you to I believe the latest episode. So that'll keep it easy. Joel's, where might the people be able to find you? And or the podcast. Yeah, you can follow uh, me on Twitter and Instagram at good old Joel's. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at airitout.podcast and on Twitter at podcastairitout. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, feel free to reach us at those. And yeah, Spotify, Air It Out Boys, all that good stuff. SoundCloud Network, Apple, 
we're there. 100%. Amazon Music as well. Uh, if you want to reach out, you want to be on the show, let's have some fun. Uh, we've got some exciting news coming up in a couple weeks that we can't reveal just yet, uh, but you will know about it when it's coming. So uh, we're going to have some fun with that. We'll try to get some more guests on the podcast and uh, do what we do best and uh, and just go from there. So uh, Joel on for episode 80 and for championship weekend in the NFL. If you're not on the table, you're at the menu. Oh, wait, it's the backwards. If you're not on the menu, you're at the table. Put it in the books.